a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The reason is because you don't have the sacraments. See? Yeah. I mean, once you don't have the sacraments, then basically everybody's a pastor. Because that's what a pastor is, a guy that's there to preach the gospel and administer the sacraments. Once the sacraments cease to mean anything in your theological construct, then ministry becomes something different than the giving out of God's gift of forgiveness. The reason why we go to church is not to hear about how we have to go out and, and be missionalists. The reason we go to church is to get the forgiveness of our sins. That's why Jesus instituted the church. And I think that's the point. See, when a pastor considers this option of, hmm, maybe I'll substitute these parts of the liturgy. Maybe. The, maybe. the question before him should not be, will it win more people over? The question before them should be, would this deliver Christ in a better way than it already does? And the parts of the liturgy are direct quotes from Holy Scripture. And I don't think that you can improve upon the delivery of Christ uh, from them. I mean, just imagine the next radical that shall be even more radical. This will be the book that I'm going to write. Even more uh, radical. What part of cutting off your hand is unclear in the Bible? <laughs> if you still have two hands, you show yourself to be a false disciple of Jesus. <laughs> the Debbie Downers of podcast. This is Table Talk Radio. Why? Why are you uh, always so negative, yeah. Mister Wolfmuller? I don't know. I just can't help it. Yeah. I mean, I was so happy and bubbly, and I had a sense of humor and a personality. And then I went to Fort Wayne. Born grumpy. Yep. Well, not born grumpy. It was <laughs> grumpiness instilled. No, upon no. You, I'm theologically you. grumpy. I mean, my personality is so buoyant and happy, but I'm just my theology makes me angry all the time. You know, <laughs> angry. You've been institutionalized. That's what that is. I'm probably uh, I'm probably a racist too. Ooh, who knows? I mean, <laughs> it's anyone's guess. Well, <laughs> why um, you, you got me worked up already. We haven't even started the show. I don't know why, but today we're, what we're going to do is do a little little office cleaning here. Little, spring cleaning. Yep. Yeah. Spring cleaning day. This is a uh, this is a inbox purge. Uh, typically, we get a number of praise songs and we get a number of uh, church signs and bump stickers. Today we're going to focus on the church signs and bump stickers and try and knock those out and see how many of those we can get to. Now, the point of this game is to listen to the church sign or bump sticker that you have reported to us at 1-800-385-SOLA, and then we either point out how ridiculous it is or how it's attaching itself to a particular uh, worldview. With the bumper stickers, it's usually a, word, a worldview. With the church signs, it's usually just oh, ridiculous. Yeah, Right. Okay. A pun. It's a pun. And then we get to make fun of why people don't go to churches because they thought, I bet those people don't know any puns. And then they see the church sign and they're like, oh, oh yeah, they do know puns. I want to go into that place. Like, I would only go to church if uh, they By the way, puns. I got a buzzword for you. Okay. <laughs> That's right. I don't, but I, if, you know, it's like, uh, is, you know, you always have those articles, what to look for in a church. And, the, and, you know, the number one thing apparently that people are looking for is a church sign guy that knows how to write a pun, or at least he got the church sign pun book for Christmas. I, My buzzword way, for you is seeker. I wanted to tell you first that I met with a church consultant this morning. <laughs> yeah, how was that? It was good. It was it was the guy that does. <laughs> Do you feel dirty. It was the guy that does um, <laughs> the church directories. Um, you know that that they take yeah. your picture and then everything, and they give you a free directory and try and get the families to buy pictures. Oh, I know about it. And uh, he yep, gave me yep. his card, and his card said, like the title underneath his name said, "Church Consultant." This is my first church consultant consultation. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I can't believe that you're discounting all the conversations you've had with <laughs> what's that guy's name? Mission Vision 1962. <laughs> I never, sorry, I forget the names of my I own have alternate never personalities been for that for those consultations. So <laughs> that's right. He was he was using um, this is the third wave of digital marketing, by the way. And Mission Vision 1962 is all over it. And that is, you give away content to prove yourself as an expert. So um, uh, that's what Mission Vision it does when he comes on the show. He gives us his time and his expertise for free. So. Uh, yeah, so that people know that he's an expert, so that he can charge thousands. 
thousands for his first church consulting gig, which I think I heard he's still waiting for that first one, but no doubt it'll come. I'm sure. Okay. Well, My buzzword for you is seeker. Seeker. Now, uh, the this is a buzzword that actually is not a real word. Oh, so um, we can do that now. It's not a real... I mean, see, seeker, I, I guess it's a seeker is a real word. Like, on Easter, we were looking for the Easter. Who's the seeker? That's the thing in you know in Harry Potter when you're playing the Quidditch. You've got to have a seeker. But it's used in the church growth business to refer to the people who really want to go to church, but they don't want to go to any place that's not cool. So that is the definition of a seeker. Now, we know from the Bible that seekers don't exist because Paul says in Romans, nobody seeks God. In other words, it's the it's the our, our state of unbelief means that we are not people seeking God. We're not going after him. Uh that's not the way uh in fact that's not what unbelief does because unbelief is unbelief. So um so whenever you hear someone talking about seekers, you're going to have to say uh show me the Bible verse that says that there's a bunch of people out there that want to go to the church, but they're just afraid that they don't that they're not cool enough, or, or that the church isn't cool enough for them. Well, since we're doing fake made up words, I think my theological buzzword for you will be missional. And um, it's always good to have a good uh, spell checker on your computer for those reasons. When you're writing an email and you use the word missional, and it highlights it's a misspelled word, it reminds you, oh yeah, this is not a real word. It's not even a real word in the English language. <laughs> much less in the church. <laughs> I mean, at least your word... Oh, it will be soon. <laughs> at least your word exists in in a dictionary or a vocabulary somewhere. Um, True. But missional does True. not. It, it's not a real word. <laughs> anyway, um, missional is when um, you set aside all uh, doctrine and, and Orthodox Church practice to uh, look for the seeker. <laughs> Man, the buzzwords today get, are bar- brought you, to you by the do, Snarkinator. Do you, get, do you see the irony there? That you're looking for the secret. Yeah, I anyway. do. Um, yeah, yeah. Instead, we would have we would want to talk about the uh, the missio dei, the mission of God, which um, the Lord has given to us by baptizing and teaching, which is done typically in a church, <laughs> where uh, the Lord has set forth a. Um, uh, uh, a pastor to preach the gospel to absolve sins uh, in the authority that he's been given through the through the calling church. So um, that's I, I think that'd be a better way to look at things than someone being missional. So whenever someone's talking about being missional, they're talking about uh, not talking about theology and uh, doing things against the practice of the church. Right there, you go. Okay. So let's go. Yeah, you can and you can go on the spectrum from mission to mission missionarific to hyper missionified. Th- those are all your various different non-existent aspects of being missional as well. So. Got it. I get five hundred points for using your buzzword in the definition of my buzzword. Congratulations! All right. Um, let's there. go to the inbox for our voicemail system at one eight hundred three eight five solar, where we're going to be taking a look at bump stickers and church signs. Hey, this is David in Houston. I've got a bumper sticker here on the back of a Dodge Caravan. It says, America, bless God. Okay, America, bless huh. God. Huh. Now, that's just taking the phrase, God bless America, and flipping it around, making the blessing into a command, I suppose, like America. You should bless God. It should, we should not be worried about God blessing us all the time, but we should be blessing God. Yeah, I think this huh. is trying to to uh, point out the fact that uh, um, great population of people in America do not um, believe in God, and so rather than talking about God blessing America all the time, we say, "Hey, we should recognize that there is a God <laughs> uh, blessing Him," meaning to give thanks to the Lord. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't. I, w- I wonder what that comes from. I mean, it probably comes from the point of, you know, one of the things that we're we're tempted to. And by the way, I'm old now, so now you have to be the young person rebuking me for my sins of being old. Got it. And you know, when you're different ages, you have different temptations. And the and the being old temptation is to think that things are getting worse and worse and worse, and 
never have in the history of the world have things been as bad as they are now. So when I got to hope, you know, the people would say, hey, things are bad and they're getting worse and they've never been this bad. And I would rebuke them. But now I've caught up to them. And I actually <laughs> think that that's what's going on. And I say, remember how I used to rebuke you guys? Well, now I agree with you. So we need, I know, a young pastor around here to rebuke me for this and say, hey, things have been bad in the history of the world. You know, when Jerusalem so, was under siege, they were eating their shoes and so forth. What you're saying is that perhaps Flammy's the new co-host of Table Talk Radio? You should have him on here. It would be uh, it would be good, you know, to get we, the young blood, get, the energetic. Yeah, we could just observe him rebuking you for being old. <laughs> you're you're talking like an old man now. <laughs> I am an old man. What my day, youngin? <laughs> when you're don't, my age, don't, don't. This, and then I do now. I get to do the despising him for his youth thing, you know, how that always goes. Hey, you're all soften up when you, uh, you know, when <laughs> yeah, you get older. Right. When you've had some experience under your belt. Well, when I was you're a just new young pastor, and zealous. Yeah. You just, yeah, when I had that new pastor smell, you know, <laughs> still had to Fort Wayne dirt on my shoes. I was so zealous like don't, that. But don't talk about Fort Wayne around my, my dad. Man. He'll go off. <laughs> Stupid Fort Wayne grads living up the government. <laughs> <laughs> Taking our orthodoxy. <laughs> Now, now I think this is this. So this the bumper sticker is I'm grumpy and things are really bad. And I'm gonna. And we have a tendency then to blame it on things like, you know, America used to be a Christian nation and we're not anymore. And we say, hey, you know, we used to pray in school and now we don't pray in school anymore. Well, the Lutherans, by the way, were always against praying in school because they knew that it was a it. You know, it was a pretty good chance that whatever prayer you were getting in school was going to be miserable, you know? I mean, it might not be a, a, a rabbi or a, a imam or, you know, an atheist praying like a moment of silence and poking your finger in your eye or whatever, however the atheists pray. But, you know, uh, it's probably going to be some sort of prayer that's going to have false doctrine. So they, they the Lutherans said, better to pray in church or to have a church school, and then you can pray all you want. But this kind of idea that America is declining as a Christian nation is a pretty popular sort of thing. Now, I think it's probably true that America is declining as a Christian nation, whatever that is. I think we need to be careful to note that there's no such thing as a Christian nation. I mean, you cannot baptize a nation. You can only baptize a person. So the word, the adjective Christian refers not to peoples or places, but rather to individuals people with names but it is a way that we can understand that the that the the understanding of the world that comes from the bible from the 10 commandments and the creed does determine a way that a people will live a life together and that we are sliding continually away from that now that slide away from living as a christian nation probably began about the year 1630 or 1700, uh, kind of coming out of the Renaissance and the Enlightenment, uh, and is just continuing to bear fruit. So it's not like it's anything new, like the last two years. This has been happening for centuries. And then for some reason, when people talk about this kind of thing, so first of all, I think there's people mean different things when they try to say that America is a Christian nation. I mean, some people talk about how it's um, founded upon Christian values or principles. Um, and then some people talk about, well, the majority of the population is Christian, et cetera. But it's always in this conversation that we bring, oh, well, we all worship the Judeo-Christian God, you know. Um, and and, and w- what we're trying to do is, is find the uh, lowest common denominator with our, with our belief. And we can say, well, um, we have a common history recorded with uh, Christians and Jews, and then we'll throw in also the Muslims, because the Muslims claim a a similar history um, with that. But, I mean, someone just recently was talking to me about this, how the idea that that, uh, Allah and the God that Muslims worship and the God that Christians worship, you know, come from the same God. It's like, you realize that Islam didn't exist until like the 5th century, right? I mean... Uh, I don't know when what when did Islam come around, but but I mean if it if it didn't even yeah, exist yeah, century, Muhammad, yeah. for five six hundred years, how can it come from the same God? It, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, so anyway, um, 
I would have to say that uh, no. Um, Jesus says, uh, uh, he who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one is the Father except through me. So um, the only way to uh, believe in the one true God is to believe in Jesus Christ, that he is true God and man, that he dies on the cross for the salvation of sinners, for the salvation of the world. So um, uh, if you reject that, then you reject the true God. All right, you ready for another one? Yep, that's right. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, oh yeah. I, I suppose we better go to a break, though. So, uh, right after this break, we're going to be listening to more bumper stickers and shirt signs. Don't go away. Just about the best thing since moldy bread. This is Table Talk Radio. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are listening to your bumper stickers and church signs. And Pastor Wolfman, if you're ready, let's hit another one, huh? Yeah, man, I'm ready. Hi, I was calling to report a uh, church sign I thought I'd uh, never see. It was on, um, I think it was called Grace Community Church, um, and it said, We accept PayPal. thought that was uh, very interesting. I'd like to hear your take on that. Anyway, um, uh, show's great. Do you, do you get the sense that she had to kind of force that? Anyway, um, awkward pause. Uh, your show's great. Um, bye. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> End with awkward compliment. <laughs> anyway, Hang up fast. So, so I like a, I like <laughs> that Grace Community Church is moving away from the pun theme. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I appreciate that too. They're straight to the point here. We accept PayPal. It's like, I mean, it's like putting up a sign, ATM inside. <laughs> Our offering plates are huge. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna put on the hope sign. <laughs> bring. Don't forget your wallet. <laughs> you know, one of the complaints that people have about church all the time, and it's a valid complaint, I think, is that people are they're always talking about money, and that's because we accidentally are always watching the TV preachers, and it's just it's just all money stuff. It's crazy. Just crazy. And then you get this nonsense about how you know, when you give money to the church, you're not giving... Uh, how does it... You're not giving for the church. You're giving it to God. No! Wrong! <laughs> God does not need your money. He does not... So uh, you have, for example, this great Psalm 50 where the Lord says, The cattle on a thousand hills are mine. And then this great line, which is hilarious. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. In other words, if, uh, hey, God, how you doing? Uh, fine. <laughs> That's all you get. He doesn't need anything from you. You know, he's not, if he, even if the the Lord says, even if I did perhaps come across a need, I would not tell you about it because I will not give you the opportunity to serve me. I'm the, I'm the one in the business of serving and taking care of you. Everything you have comes from me. It's a one way street, the, the way of gifts and blessing, which has to do with our last, uh, uh, what was that? A bumper sticker, America, bless God. It goes the other direction. God says, no, everything that you have comes from me, and and so um, I don't need it. So when you give money to church, by the way, you're giving it to the church, and probably, mostly, you're giving it to the pastor, who should they say thank you every once in a while, because I'll bet, you know, for every dollar that goes to the church, 50 cents or 75 cents of it goes to support the preaching of the gospel there, and that's a good thing. I mean, we should should support our pastor and the preaching of the gospel. So this is the verse I, the I always get PayPal. here. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> uh, this is the verse I always get that I want you to talk about. It says, um, this is Malachi chapter 3. 
Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more, uh, until there is no more need. I'll rebuke and devour for you, and it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and the vine of the field um, shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. So this verse is always said, look, if, if, if you give to God, that God will give back to you. Yeah, I, this, and this is why, the, I mean, that verse is probably one of the most misused verses of the Old Testament. I mean, the, whenever you hear the Lord say, test me, you should say, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Well, Ahaz Because I know that. that last time the Lord, the Lord talked about testing, he said, he said, don't put the Lord your God to the test. And so the Lord now says, you want to test me? <laughs> well, Ahaz did that. And he's... Uh, well, no, he refused. I will not put the Lord to the test. Well, that's what and I'm then, saying. Uh, well, so, th- but Ahaz understood it wrong. <laughs> Isaiah came to Ahaz, and he says, ask of me, the Lord says, ask a sign of me. So the Lord, if he wants to give us a sign, he can do it. But then Ahaz says, no, I'm not going to test the Lord. And then Isaiah says, remember this, not only do you weary men, but you also weary God, <laughs> which is bad news. When you when you when you hear the prophet say the Lord is really getting tired of you, then you know you're in trouble. I mean, not, and then, not only am and I sick of Isaiah you, God's sick that. of you. <laughs> That's right. Nobody, you don't have any friends around here or in heaven. And then and then Isaiah preaches the promise, Isaiah seven, which is the most beautiful promise. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. But you see that it's the most comforting thing to everybody but Ahaz, because Ahaz, being the descendant of King David, has the expectation that his son could be the Messiah. And then the Lord says, hey, you know what, Ahaz? The Messiah is going to be born of a virgin. (laughs) In other words, it's not your boy. He's not going to be your son. So that the Lord is managing to give this great comforting promise while taking away the comfort and really kind of sticking it to Ahaz there. It's stunning. Now, the same thing's happening in Malachi. I mean, the, when, when the Lord says, test me, uh, you you got you to really look out. And, and the preaching there, we should have Graf on to talk about this, because he's great on this text. The preaching there is really against the people who think that they're coming to offer something to God. The, the, always the Lord says, look, a burnt offering and sacrifice, I don't want that. I don't need that. This is, when you come to offer sacrifices at the temple to give me your... Um, the, the the sacrifices. It's an, I, I'm not like the pagan gods that need the sacrifice because I'm hungry. I, when you come to offer the sacrifice, it's a blessing to you. You see in the sacrifice that the shed blood is the forgiveness of sins. So don't come and 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 uh, and offer all of this stuff as if there's some sort of divine economic karma, and we give a hundred dollars to God and then we get a thousand dollars back. That is pure pagan thought. It is not Christian thought. The Christian idea of serving uh, in the church is to realize that God doesn't need what we have. It's our neighbor who needs it. And when we give it to the church, we're giving it to our neighbor, the pastor, and our neighbor, everyone who listens to the pastor and comes to the church to rejoice in the gospel. So that when we when we're actually giving money to the church, it's an act of love for the neighbor, not an act of love for ourselves or some sort of way of serving God. Those are just kind of absurd ideas. Is it a Christian idea that you would give to the church and PayPal would take a 2% processing fee? <laughs> hey, does Table Talk Radio accept PayPal? Uh, yeah, we do, actually. TableTalkRadio.org. <laughs> That's, that could be our, that's why I know. our church sign. Yeah, our church sign would say <laughs> Talk Radio accepts, accepts PayPal. Uh, accept looking PayPal. at the clock. Hey, let's get another one in. Here we go. Right. Church sign. This is Jeff from Houston. I'm in front of a lighthouse Baptist church that says, prayer is a weapon that should not be concealed. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> prayer is a weapon oh, that should sakes. not be concealed. There's a, I, I wrestle with this because, on the one hand, I think it is important for us to remember that prayer, that the pictures, there's two major pictures of prayer in the Scripture. 
Uh, and I'll tell you what neither of those pictures are. Most of the memes that I get to me about prayer have like a mountain in the background and then a lake and dandelions and birds kissing each other and who knows all you know it's kind of this zen idea of the very sort of peaceful thing and prayer is this peaceful meditative sort of thing that is not the biblical picture of prayer the biblical picture of prayer is either a child going to ask their dad for what they need or someone going off to war to fight so the idea that prayer is a militaristic act it's an act against the kingdom of the devil and the world and our flesh I like that idea, but I still wonder about this idea of a prayer warrior, you know? We talk about the prayer warrior, and I'm wondering if that is a, is a helpful way to talk about prayer, and it seems like that's what this church sign is kind of getting after. Um, well, so, I mean, you have to say more, because on the one hand, you, you said that prayer is that uh, kind of a thing, of, uh, of going into battle, so to speak. So what, wh- wh- where's the line of, of which... Talking of prayer in that manner is healthy, and, and where does it cross the line of, of not being helpful? And you have about a minute here. Well, I don't know. I'm still—I haven't quite settled on it. I mean, the, so the—you know, the two places where we get the militaristic idea of prayer, well, all over the Scripture, but especially in the Lord's Prayer, when we pray, Thy kingdom come, we're praying that the world, the kingdom of the world, the flesh, and the devil would come to nothing. And in um, Ephesians 6, where it says— take up the armor of God, this is a soldier's attire, and then he says, take up the uh, sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray for us. So the way that we are to wield the sword of the Spirit in battle against the devil, the world, and the flesh is through prayer. But I think the way that we wield the sword is really not necessarily like the guy on the front lines who's fighting, but rather like these military recon guys that sneak in and see the target and then call in the bombs, you know? Hey, Lord, here's where we need help. Uh, hey, Lord, have mercy on us and, and deliver us in this way so that we're, we're almost asking that the Lord would fight for us, not that we would be doing the fighting. I think that's the big difference. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, let's take a break, and then more uh, Church Signs of Stickers on Table Talk Radio after this break. Because we're going to go all night till we see the sunlight. Table Talk Radio, answering the age-old question. If a radio show is broadcasting and no one listens, does it still make a sound? I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. Today on Table Talk Radio, we are working through your church signs and bumper stickers. And uh, Pastor Wolf Miller is not a fan of the bumper sticker. Or was it a church sign bumper sticker? Which one was it? Prayer is a weapon not to be... That was a church sign. Prayer is a weapon not to be hidden. Concealed. Is that right? You're missing the pun. Concealed. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this has, yeah, this has to do, of course, with the concealed carry. Now, in fact, I would say that Jesus says the opposite when he says, when you pray, go into your closet. <laughs> That's a concealed weapon. <laughs> that, we're, that, that our prayers are not... Now, this doesn't mean... Jesus, when he says that, does not mean that prayer cannot be a public or corporate activity. Of course, we pray with our families, we pray with our congregations, but we do not use prayer as a, a way to posture, which is what the Pharisees did and the heathens did. Um, that prayer was to demonstrate their own holiness. So you put it out there, and Jesus says, "No, when you pray, go and go into your." This is the where the prayer closet came into, which I think means that we do, in some ways, attempt to conceal our prayers. We are not always wearing our piety on our sleeve. Did you hear about that movie called uh, War Room? 
I keep hearing about it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I don't what know. What was it about? The premise is it's one of these Christian movies, and and uh, yeah, you have the typical couple that's having marital issues, and the wife meets with um, an old lady, and this old lady opens up this closet, and there's a desk, and then post-it notes all over the wall, and she calls it her war room, and that's where she does her praying, and so she's praying for these things and that things. And then once the uh, the married couple, I'm sure, I, I mean, I didn't, haven't seen the movie, but I'm sure that as soon as the the young couple starts, uh, you know, a, a war room, a, a, a closet to pray in. Um, then, mar- you know, marital life gets better, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I, I could write Christian well, movies. There's something I to think. that. In, <laughs> that I kind of like that idea: a room with post-it notes. It's kind of like a beautiful mind. I saw the movie A Beautiful Mind. That's what people would think if I had a war room. They'd be like, "Whoa, let's <laughs> lock this guy up." <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> All right, let's go to another one. This is a um, another voicemail from our voicemail system. Hi, this is Joe. Mister number eight in Washington. <laughs> Church time. When God made you, He. Well, just for, for a little clarity, it's not that there. He's the number eight listener in Washington, but he's the number eight listener who lives in Washington. Just. Just thought I'd clarify. Yeah, yeah, comma, who lives it's, in Washington. I mean, we, yeah, don't, we, we don't want to get the impression that there's eight listeners per state, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that that would be... <laughs> Washington is a state? I thought it was a foreign country. I thought he was one of our foreign <laughs> listeners. Yeah, you might, you might get Washington confused with Amsterdam, <laughs> along with Colorado and Oregon, for that matter, I guess. Anyway, uh, here's, here's the message. So, listener number eight in Washington... Church sign. When God made you, he said, ta-da. So, I don't know about you guys, but I looked in my ESV Bible. Didn't see it. Um, checked some other translations, and even looked in the Message Bible. Nope. Not there either. So, anyways, just wanted to see what you guys thought. Bye-bye. Thanks, Joe, listening in Washington. Well, ta- yeah, ta-da. Ta-da is a, obviously a Hebrewism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got to check our Hebrew Bibles. Yeah, kind of translate that over. Well, I think uh, Bobby just need to keep <laughs> looking. Um, I found here this. Uh, this is something called the Word on the Street. I remember this came out when I was in college, and um, this guy, what's his name, Rob Lacey, sets out to uh, paraphrase the Bible into a, a uh, you know a language that that the kids can understand. You know that the teenagers that are jive. Yeah. And so this is Genesis 1, uh, 1 and 2 in the word on the street. It says, first off, nothing but God. No light, no time, no substance, no matter. Second off, God says the word and whap stuff everywhere. The cosmos in chaos, no shape, no form, no function, just darkness, total. And floating above it all, God's Holy Spirit ready to play. <laughs> ready to play. Let's get ready to rumble, so, Holy Spirit. So th- whap, my favorite this is, is whap. Whap. <laughs> whap. I mean, that's something the kids can connect with, right? I mean, they they can't yeah, understand. Right. In that's the right. beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What? What is this foreign language? We need in the beginning. Whap. Whap. Stuff everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it. <laughs> well, what happens after God created Adam and Eve? What did he say? Hold he on. said, it's good or right on. <laughs> or ta-da. Okay, so, well, okay. Is that from Genesis 1 or 2? Well, um, either way, we got to check both. we okay. got to be thorough. All right, so here's, here's day want, six. You want Lumpy to look it up? Um, God says, let's make people like us, but human, <laughs> with flesh and blood, skin and bone. <laughs> G- give, <laughs> give them the job of caretakers of vegetation, game wardens of all the animals. So God makes people like him, but human. He makes them male and female. And it says, for the how, see later. He smiles at them and gives them their job description. Make babies. Be parents, grandparents, great-grandparents. Fill the earth with all your families and run the planet well. (laughs) You've got the planet to eat from, so have uh, all the animals plenty for all. Enjoy. God looks at everything he's made and says, Fantastic. I love it. <laughs> there it is. Ta-da. Ta-da. Fantastic. Love it. 
Okay. Oh. Well, uh, this, that's I'm kind of torn because I kind of like this. Really, I mean, of course it's in. Pres- I mean, of course it's not a translation, but I don't know. Okay. Okay. Ready for the creation of Eve? <laughs> yeah. So God put man under some Uh-oh. sort of divine general anesthetic, carries out, uh, uh, what would this be? A ribtometry, um, uh, then closes up the gap in his side. God works on the rib until he's sculpted into woman shape, and he presents her to Adam. Whoa, now we're talking, says Adam. She's like me, only not. <laughs> same bones, same skin, same shape, only not. She's uh, sexy, it says. Uh, if I'm man, she's a uh, woman, <laughs> which is why. Does it have the us in there? Yes. There's Like Adam is stuttering? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't yeah, know yeah. what to think because it, of it has ellipses and then uh, and <laughs> which is why oh when people gosh. get married, they leave their parents behind and set up their own family unit. Sex makes them one person. You can't tell where one stops and the other starts. <laughs> oh, goodness sakes. Why can't we just have the Bible? Why do we need this? Why can't we just have the Bible? Ta-da. <laughs> That's what this guy, after he wrote this this translation, said. Ta-da. Okay, well, not in the ESV, that's for sure. Thanks, Joe, for Here's listening what, in Washington. Th- this, uh, God made you and, and says, ta-da. Here's what I think about this. In, on the one hand... I like it, because after the Lord created man and woman, he said it's good. In fact, he said it's very good. So the Lord does delight in us according to creation. And in the death of Jesus, the Lord's delight is, re- is restored to us, even in a, it's, if you can say it, in a fuller way, because now the Lord delights in us as he delights in his own child. So as a groom delights in his bride, so the Lord delights in you. This is how Isaiah preaches this great news to us and all, and all this. So the Lord does delight into us. The problem that, that I have with it is that because we live in this great self-esteem culture where the most important thing is to be proud of yourself, all of the talk of the Lord's delight is robbed of its surprise. When the, when the Bible says that the Lord actually likes us, we should say, what? Are you, sh- are you sure about that? I mean, because look at my sin, and look at my death, and look at the demons gnawing on me, and look at all this miserable stuff that I've done, and fail- all the things I've failed to do, and we- so that the Lord's, um, the, the Lord's mercy and love and delight in us should come to us as a great surprise, do you see? And, and I'm afraid that in our kind of modern, narcissistic, Epicurean world, that, that we, the, the, the Bible says, hey, God delights in you, and, and, and and we say, well, of course he delights in us. What are his other options? I mean, look at me. <laughs> yeah. Who, who, How would, could he who wouldn't love this? This guy. That's right. <laughs> no, you're right. That's, and th- see, and this, that, is, this you, is the place I mean? of, of, of preaching God's law um, to, to, to reveal to us that uh, insofar as our, our actions are concerned, our deeds, our merits, God um, has nothing to be pleased in, but in fact— has wrath for our actions and deeds and merits. Right. Yep. Right, that's right. Okay, well, um, well time for one more real quick, uh, if it could be quick. Let's see, did I already play this one? I can't remember. I'm just driving through Springfield, Illinois, and past the I Worship Center, as in, the, like, iPad. They have a little I in front of Worship Center, and they... We're advertising that they have Senator Ted Cruz coming this evening on their church sign. It just said, welcome, Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, that's all. Bye. Okay. Whoa. Uh, let's... I worship. <laughs> there's no me in worship, but at I worship, there's two eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wonder if there's some kind of a digital, you know, sermon that goes on there since it's an I... And wouldn't wouldn't um, Apple have trademarked the whole "I before a thing" idea? I mean, I don't know. anyway, okay. <laughs> let's uh, take a break, and then we'll talk I wonder about. I worship has a website. I'm going to check it out. All right, you check out I worship during the break, and then we'll be back talking about the wisdom of putting "Welcome Senator T- Ted Cruz" on a shirt. Don't go away.
Table Talk Radio, where theology meets immaturity. I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you could find at worldvieweverlasting.com. One day while the light is glowing, I'll be in my castle golden. But until the gates are open, I just want to feel this moment. Rounding third, almost done. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are. This show's a home run. <laughs> no, it's a in the uh, field home run from a bunt. Hey, that reminds me. <laughs> softball season's almost getting started here pretty soon. The Hope Lutheran bag of fannies are going to be taking the field. Wait, what? Oh man, the, I bet you. I bet you missed that. Our, our team name is well. We were named after the cupbearer for King Artaxerxes. Some people pronounce it bagophanies, but I prefer to say bag of fannies. Oh, that's, so that's what our talking about. Hope softball team. The the Hope Lutheran bag of fannies are going to be taking the field here pretty soon. <laughs> do you play? Who do you play? Other churches? Pretty excited about that. No, no, we play like the auto repair shop, and um, I mean Calvary Chapel also fields a team against us. We're like the only two churches in the Aurora City League, which is great because I don't feel bad. The only team I feel bad losing to is Calvary Chapel. But I do not <laughs> mind losing to, to, for example, you know, Joe's Auto Shop. Those guys right. are a bunch, you know, these they're, guys they're are like pretty They're like the monkey wrenches or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the fibulators. Anyway. That's right. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's... Uh, let's Keep, oh wait, we we're talking about I worship before the break and how I worship center. Yeah, yeah. Um, put a sign on their church sign that says "Welcome Ted Cruz." What do you think of that? I don't. Uh, I was trying to figure out this guy, this pastor of this I worship center. By the way, has great teeth. <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I'm trying to figure out what if Ted Cruz was preaching or visiting or just coming to town or what. Look, they have a Give Online button on their website. Let me see if they take PayPal. <laughs> no, no, Secure Give. Do they take... Um, no PayPal right here. It's, secu- it's as it, Do they secure take Cable Tech Radio a points? A new way to give. <laughs> Let's check it out here. How do I find out if... How do I find... Here, Sermon Archive. Let's see if Ted Cruz is in the Sermon Archive. Boy, I... I Videos in chronological I'm looking order. at their website, the I Worship Center thing, and the our team. So they got the senior pastors, and then the... Senior associate, and then they have the CFO and associate pastor, husband and wife together, and then there's the media director, and then the student ministries um, directors, I guess, and it's their wedding picture, and then you have the children's pastors, husband and wife team, evangelists, and then there's the uh, the the Taylorfield campus pastors, and then the Taylorfield worship pastors. This is. Everyone a minister. This guy's teeth. <laughs> That's true. I, I think they all like they have the same teeth. I I wonder if this lady, can you tell that the? Do you think that the lady who is the youth minister here has the same teeth as the pastor? I think it's his daughter. <laughs> or someone. Anyway, you know, it's this hard is to, it's hard to this tell. This is exactly. very interesting for the listener. <laughs> Um, I want to know what you think about a church putting <laughs> "Welcome Ted Cruz" on the church sign. I don't know. It's probably a good way to lose your whatever that status is. That means you don't support. I, I guess you didn't say we vote for Ted Cruz. We're just welcoming him into town, maybe yeah. into. The I'm church, sure he'd you know. do the same for. But I, this Bernie Sanders. Yeah, welcome Bernie. <laughs> um, uh, Bernie, Bernie made a know. trip to Portland. I, mean, I, I don't know recently. Uh, uh, there's this thing where Ted Cruz is basically, um, uh, you know, he, he did this thing where he says it's time for the body of Christ to arise. And, and remember, that's where the oh, journalist yeah. says, can you believe he thinks the body of Jesus is going to come out of the grave and, <laughs> and endorse his candidacy? Which is ignorant on about a hundred different <laughs> levels. I mean, number one, the body of Jesus isn't in a grave. And number two, he's talking about the church. What I like about but it, no matter is the that... ignorance of the th- <laughs> thing, the reporter, oh, yeah, the reporter, uh, she's like, I can't believe more people aren't picking up on this. I mean, she starts out by saying, "I'm the only one to have realized how stupid this guy was," and then she goes on about 
That's the best part about that little segment. And the reporter doesn't understand what Ted Cruz yeah, means no, by the body of Christ needs to rise up and support him. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just the whole thing is kind of nuts. But um, but Ted Cruz is as he's kind of I mean he's really uh, kind of purposely angling for the evangelical vote, and that also makes me a little bit nervous. I mean, look, just be a wise and good politician, and let it let that stand. You know, this this whole idea of marketing to different market segments that the politicians are doing uh, makes me nervous. Agreed. All right, let's go to the next. Uh message here. Um, This is a church sign, and this is what it says. Hey, this is David in Houston. I've got a church sign for you. This one says, cars aren't the only things recalled by their maker. Mm. Uh, I guess that's a judgment church sign. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good thing. thing. Right, to be recalled. You're defective. You need to be returned. <laughs> this is like, um, you know, you get to heaven and there's a return section. <laughs> Not good enough. Yeah. So, yeah, this is trying to remind you, hey, shape up, there buddy, a... or else God might recall you. Yeah, I think that's right. And that is uh, not... Well, let's just say it's not... Okay, well, let's go to the next, <laughs> let's go to the next one. <laughs> Moving right along, uh, this is a uh, this is another church sign. They're coming really coming in this one. Hi, this is Laura in Houston. I have a church sign for you. It said, "Repent." Um, the wages of sin is death. Repent before payday comes. Thanks. All right, the wages of sin is death. Repent before <laughs> payday comes. Another judgment sign. I know, I know. These these signs are, you know, hey, if we Bible if people belt. are going to come to church, well, yeah, we'll let our uh, we'll let our church signs speak the law to them. It is true that the wages of sin is death. We want to say that the gospel is not a wage, but rather a gift. That's what we mean when we say grace. So that salvation is not just the fact that you're not getting what you deserve, that's, that's part of it, but that you do get what, you, what the Lord has won for you on the cross, which was undeserved, namely eternal life. Um, so, um, so both of those are parts of um, uh, we, we need to understand for salvation. But I don't know. I'm not, I mean, I guess this is just a funny way of trying to say that, right? Uh, repent before payday. Uh, does this have the temptation of leading uh, someone to, uh, to to think that um, repentance is that one-time activity in order to become a Christian? Probably. That's a nice point. And I would say, yeah, it probably does. That you, hey, all, So all you got to do is repent. You know, just, it's like, um, it's like swiping your card at, you know, when you're checking out at, when you're checking out at the store. And then, uh, and this one, one and done sort of thing. I, and that I, understanding of repentance is very popular amongst our friends, the revivalists. What kind of church was this on? Uh, just said in Houston. That's all I think she said. Okay. So well, probably Baptist. If it's in Houston, it's probably Baptist church. You know? <laughs> Chances are pretty good. Um, yeah, that's right. Just assume that. <laughs> we we do a lot of assuming here. All right, I got one more, and then we got to finish up. All right. Hey, okay. this is David in Houston. I've got a bumper sticker for you. This is on the back of an Acura RSX. It says, Cats humor us because they know that their ancestors ate ours. Did you catch that? Yeah, cats humor us because that they, they know that their ancestors ate ours. That is a really weird bumper sticker. Their ancestors huh. ate ours. I wonder what worldview that comes from. Well, that would have to be this I wonder, reincarnation. Because, thing, you know, right? so, no, no, the evolution. Uh, it's got to be an evolutionary thing. So, you know, back in the day, there was the saber-toothed tigers and there was the caveman. And, and the, ca- the saber-toothed tigers ate the cavemen 
obviously. I know that because I grew up watching cartoons. And then they those saber-toothed tigers evolved into house cats, and the caveman evolved into us. And so now cats know they have this this memory that they used to eat us, and so that's why they just don't, you know, they put up with us now. They ah, amuse us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that now that you explain that's it, that makes on. I think that's the worldview. <laughs> yeah, and it's and you're like, man, I don't know why I don't have one of those bumper stickers on my car. Yeah. Where where can I buy that? I have to go down to Houston. You know, here's here's one of the things that people that, that there's this assumption of evolution that is just absolutely everywhere. It's astonishing. Everyone, it's it's almost like um, you. you 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 can hardly just i mean read the newspaper or watch the news or or engage in anything and it's and you don't run into some sort of evolutionary uh presuppositions it's absolutely everywhere it's the underpinning of our cosmology today the secular cosmology that we face and um and i think i think that this is just another proof it's like oh yeah hey, uh, the the old cats used to eat the old people ha <laughs> and that's the and that's the whole joke uh I don't know if it's a good one or not, but and that's the whole show. If you have any bumper stickers or church science what? report, you can give Are us a call one eight hundred three eight five seven six five two. You gotta be kidding! Eight hundred three eight five seven six five two, or send us an email questions at tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like hearing from our ninth listener in Washington. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.